It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. All right, Jonas Knox in today for Rodney on AM570 LA Sports. Vic uh, will have the haiku coming up. And then later in the hour, president of uh, Pepperdine went out. They had the uh, midnight madness for the basketball team to start practice. And uh, he stepped on the court. And if he made a half-court shot, the president of the school, a student got free tuition for a year. And the president drained it from half-court. That'd be like Carol Folt going out at USC. And firing one up from half court. And if she hits it, a student gets free tuition. Which at USC is like $600,000 a year. So that would be a pretty good gift. But uh, the president of Pepperdine did it. And he'll join us later on in the hour. All right, that's, like, that's, like, that's like you drained a half court shot, Fred. Oh. You know what's funny about <laughs> can, that? You know, can let you me see guess. that? You did it at some point. <laughs> you know what? Is that what it is, Fred? <laughs> I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to sit here and listen to that. And I'll tell you why. Well, tell me why, Fred. Because, no, I never drained a half-court shot. But it has been documented uh, in many circles that when I was in high school, at one point I did dunk. And that is even more shocking, but I did do it. It has not been documented in many circles. It has been dictated to us by you and only on this show. Thank you. To to the defense of Fred, he does have big calves. So there's some ups there. And so with with those calves, I'm not putting it outside the realm of possibility that could happen. I'm still calling BS on it. So so what is he, a little mini Clydesdale? He He is. (laughs) He's like a show pony, you know? (laughs) Fred will be at the Breeders' Cup by one of the uh, other stables there coming up in a couple weeks. When you got big calves, that means you can't run fast. You're slow. No, let me tell you something, Eric. If if life had been different and and, uh, it hadn't played out the way it did, I could, have been, I could have been not quite as effective as an NFL running back as you were, but I think that's I could it. have been very competitive. But hey, that, could you, that, be, you imagine that three-headed monster at SMU? Like <laughs> Eric Dickerson, Craig James, and Fred Rogan? Fred Rogan? Oh, my God. Oh, here comes Fred. Oh, my God. They're going crazy. Here comes Fred on the field. Fred, turn your helmet around, Fred. And that's really why I didn't play football, because I was claustrophobic, and I didn't like anything that tight on my head. That uh, I would have okay. had a very loose fitting moment. You probably didn't like getting hit either. No, that wouldn't have been enjoyable. Sticks yeah, don't man. play in a world of trees, Eric. Remember that. I, I heard that, Fred. All right, Fred. Give me some knowledge here today. Maybe that's right. Give me maybe, some knowledge. Maybe you, should do the, maybe you should do the haiku. Let's not get crazy with it. All right. Okay. So, anyway, USC uh, beats Arizona in oh, overtime. Oh, what did does they? that mean? <laughs> did yeah. they beat them, or did Jed Fish participate in the beating of US of Arizona at that game as well, too? Well, My it, God. It was ugly. And uh, it was triple overtime. They win. They remain undefeated. Uh, defensively, they've been a sieve, let's be honest. Uh, this is not what you expect from a team that people hope 
believe would contend for a national title. Uh, they are undefeated, yet they continue to fall in the polls. They're going the wrong way. They're not beating the teams they're supposed to beat by enough. Interesting defensively, and, and that's the big criticism of USC. Uh, Lincoln Riley said, look, in that Arizona game, this is the deal. They looked back at the tape, and they realized something. Uh, the defensive coaches had called the right play. The players just didn't execute it. That was the problem. They called the right play, <laughs> but the players didn't execute it. Eric, so when you start hearing that, what do you think? Uh, the two might trying to pass the buck. So basically, <laughs> some of those receivers were just that wide open. I mean, wide open. Like they didn't execute it or what? I mean, because sometimes the defensive back is on the other side of the field. I'm like, damn, I was at, I was at that game for I'm like, no, nah, man, that, that was some, their defense is not good at all. I mean, they really, they got some pass rush there, you know, kind of at the end of the game, but, you know, in the middle of the game, but they're, they're not good defensively. They can score with anybody. They can score, but they can't, they can't stop anybody. You can't, you can't win a national championship like that. There was also, it's not even just the defense, the play calling and decision making when they had an opportunity to win the game in regulation and they've got a first and goal. There's a miscommunication on a little sideline route that nearly resulted in a pick six going the other way for Arizona. Then there was a fumbled snap. Then you saw what happened on the field goal attempt. And then the play that won it for USC in triple overtime, that play by Caleb Williams that was an awful play design. He bailed them out with that scramble and that score. It just, it just feels like it's the same old problems. And I, I've said it. I don't think Lincoln Riley's there uh, for the long term. I think he eventually jumps to the NFL, and it could be after this season. I, as far as national championships go, I, I think there's a clear divide between USC and the real contenders. Well, I tell you what, if he go to the NFL, he better get him a defensive a defensive coordinator real one because that, that, that ain't going that, that to last in the NFL. He won't be that long. Let's put it like that. You know, the thing about then, Lincoln Riley, Eric, he comes in here, he gets a 10-year deal, he gets $100 million. He's the savior. He's the guy. He's going to turn it around. I'm in charge. Watch me. Everybody do what I say. March to my beat. And you know what? For that kind of money at this number of years, Okay, you turned it around. Congratulations, you're a professional. You're a professional. You're a, a, a pro college coach. You know what you're doing. You have that experience. You were far better qualified than Clay Helton was when he got the job. We give you that. Way to go. All right, that being said, you got to win a national title. Going the wrong way in the polls is not going to work. Going to the Big Ten and getting your head smashed in is not going to work. And this guy comes in with, with all the hoopla, and he does a great job the first year. And then he's talking about the fact that they called the right defensive play and the kids just didn't get to the right spot. Really? Seriously? Yeah. I, I mean, most coaches would say, look, we did a bad, we did, we did, we, we, we have to coach better. A lot of coaches would take the blame for that. I mean, they really do. Even in a win, coaches say, hey. And, and as a player, you know, sometimes we know, look, uh, it ain't the coach's fault. It's our fault. I mean, the players will say, we know we didn't play well. And the coaches, and the coaches take the blame. But, you know, Fred, this college football, um, SC is what five is it five and oh six, six and oh six and oh um they are six and oh no matter how you might not like how they're winning their football games but they're six and oh if they were three and three we'd be having a whole different conversation here but they are six and oh and no matter what people say oh well they, well, they should have lost but they didn't lose just like the Chargers a week ago they, they should have but they didn't lose they won so Hey, it is what it is by the way you know what I noticed in that Arizona USC game and I thought of Eric Dickerson 
seeing some guys rocking the cowboy collar again. It's starting to make a comeback. I'll tell you, it's not it's not quite the neck roll, Eric. It's, but not, it's it, not quite the neck roll. It's not quite the neck roll. The, the cowboy collar, I saw a couple of Arizona linebackers that were rocking the new modern cowboy collar, and it, and it like warmed my heart because it was like the football I grew up with, and I thought of Eric Dickerson and that sweet neck roll you used to rock when you were with the Rams as well, too. Yeah, I, I like that neck roll. I, I was pretty fly. I wore just for the look. That's what, it, it wasn't doing nothing. It's just for the look. Yeah, the, you were always for. about what it looked like. Of course, your style, your hey, 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 if you, you, you if you look, you, you look good, you play good. At least that's how I felt, you know. And I know I look, I mean, I can't, I look good in my uniform. I know that. <laughs> I had, I back then I had the little bitty waist, you know, the nice, you know, just, you know, I, I, I was the man back then. Let's put it like that. Not now, anymore, but I was. Did you have the hip pads showing or did you tuck them under the jersey? Like, did well, you have I the. Have, I, I used to have them out. But, you know, they used to they try to find you for it. Like, they had to push him down. So what they did was, since my jerseys were blue, they took – because my, my hip pads were nothing but knee pads. They took they took a jersey, cut it out, and sewed it around the hip pad, and they looked like the blue jersey. So it looked like the jersey, so you really couldn't see it. So, yeah, I would I a hip – I think I would a hip pads. I would a butt pad. At one point, I would a shin guards. I would a double – I bought the, the shoulder, big, thick shoulder pads. I would a web under the shoulder pads. I would have elbow pads. I would a neck roll. At the big mouthpiece, I wore it all. I was trying not to get hurt. They, hey, they hitting out there. They ain't messing around. <laughs> <laughs> they ain't messing around. And in today's NFL, do guys wear that much equipment? Are you kidding me? They look like they're going to for a ballerina show. I mean, they ain't got hey, nothing on their hey, knees out. USC's kicker. I don't think he has shoulder pads. They probably I, don't. I mean, if you if you really... if you watch him, it looks like he doesn't have shoulder pads in. He, they wear the web. He would probably wear the web. It's, it's a web. It's gonna call it web. They, they wear that. It's, it's a it's a form of shoulder pad. It's not it's not shoulder pads. Yeah, that's what it is. I mean, hey Fred, did you know this? I'm telling you, my boy Chris Hale told me this year. Uh, I think it was last year. Jalen Ramsey, he got all the guys. I think all the defensive back, all the defensive backs, and you know, SC got the yellow stockings. The socks. So he went yeah. off. Yeah, the still all the socks. And and they got and they they got, they found him a hundred thousand dollars. He paid the fine for a hundred grand. I heard do you that. Know how, do you know how crazy that is? I wish I would spend a hundred thousand dollars for some socks. <laughs> I mean, think about that. You just paid a hundred grand for some socks. If somebody told you, Jonas, hey, I got some socks, man. We get a great deal, man. They cost a hundred thousand. What would you say? I tell him to kiss my ass. Thank you. Yeah. Twice for <laughs> socks. <laughs> <laughs> for socks so i so oh, what so usc uh, got fined and jalen ramsey paid the fine no 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 the ram oh jalen jalen ramsey saw the, the usc players at their socks where they look because they almost the same color like the gold color something so he wanted to have all the defensive backs wear the socks like you know just not the not the ram color side the blue he wanted to wear the gold ones whatever yellow whatever they call them, the yellow side so he paid the fine. The fine was $100,000. So he paid the fine for all the players. I guess, it, 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 it blows my mind that the NFL has somebody on the sideline who's the uniform police. So they're, oh, yes, they're yes. monitoring the uniforms of all these players, but they won't monitor the performance of the officials who have awful call after awful call every single week. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. I, hey, I agree. I agree. I agree with that for sure. It's, it's appalling. But, they want, but you know what they do with that money? That money goes back to the NFL. Oh, of course. They say, they say it goes to charity. Yeah, the charity of the NFL. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the Goodell charity. That's where it right. goes. How much do you think they make a year in fines? If I had to take a guess around the whole league, I'm going to say in a year, in a, a, year. A, a year time, Yeah, I, I bet you they probably get, I'm taking a guess, eh, 
probably 15 to 20, maybe 30, maybe 20 million dollars at least on the on the on the hot. I mean, on 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 the on the on the on the hot. Is there any way to find that out? How much the NFL made last year in just fines? Funny you say that. I asked my boy Chris that, and uh, he said he really didn't know because they they're not gonna tell him. They're not they're not gonna let you know. They're not gonna they're not gonna tell you that. And I hate to say this, and this this the thing I hate to say. It's mostly the brothers getting fined because they want to look fly. I'm like, dog. What's wrong with you? <laughs> you know, think about that. If they told me I had to pay, just say one fine. My father, if they told me, look, Eric, you got to pull your socks. It cost you five thousand dollars. I say, I'm pulling these bitches up. They coming up. <laughs> I'll pull them up to my cross if I have to. Make <laughs> sure they don't come down. <laughs> Going into yeah. last season, I see something that says over the previous decade, so from 2012 to 2022, 214 million dollars in fines is what they. Boom! What I did? Wow. I told you. I told you. Think about that one. Think about that one. Just one player. Uh, Ramsey paid a hundred grand. That's just for one. That's one player in that. Two hundred fourteen million in ten years. So twenty-one, just over twenty-one million dollars per year over the last decade. Oh That's, my okay. Okay. God! Okay. Yeah, Does the guy in charge of fines work on a commission? He's got to. Imagine so, getting ten percent of that. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, that's sweet. You know, you don't have to well, give but, me a salary. I just oversee fines. Well, check it out. So they, I think it was when Arizona was playing. Uh, who were they playing? And uh, what's the quarterback in Arizona? The little short guy, uh, Kyler Murray. Murray. Kyler Murray. Oh, right. no, Kyler Murray wasn't playing. He said that I guess he was. He had a uh, a headband on, Nike headband on, and he said the guy, Chris said he got a call from the league on the on the field. Tell him to take that headband off. Tell him to take it off. He said, Well, what? He said, Well, he wants to wear it. He said. If he don't take it off, it's gonna cost him fifty thousand dollars. At took it off. <laughs> Think about that. Fifty grand for a headband. I'm. It's it, it, it's you know it's also like Powerball. How's Powerball up to one point seven billion? Like, there's enough right. financial issues in this country. But we got two hundred fourteen in fines for NFL players and one point seven billion dollars worth of Powerball money we can hand out. Don't but we can't fix some of the other issues. Well, let me ask you a question. Did you buy? Have you bought a ticket? No, I'm going to now. Come on. See, there you go. Fred, yeah. have you bought a ticket? Well, I, I buy one every week. It's my retirement. See? That's why. All right. I bought a ticket. I bought a ticket. I mean, that's why it's up to that. Damn you right. Buy you buy, you buy a ticket. Our visits with Eric are driven by the Ford F-Series, America's best-selling truck for 46 years and counting. Head to your Southern California Ford dealers for great offers on a Ford F-Series truck. You need us. We are stronger. We'll be much stronger when Vic has the haiku next. Jonas Knox in today for Rodney. Uh, off day for the Dodgers. Back at it again tomorrow in a game they have to win. More about that coming up. Let's have some spirituality. Yesterday's haiku was not effective in bringing the Dodgers a win. So perhaps today Vic will be able to turn it. What are you laughing about? Yeah, it's Vic's fault. Yeah. Yeah, Vic's haiku is the reason Mookie Betts has a hole in his bat. <laughs> yeah, well, listen. I'm crying because we got Mookie. Yeah. The Azul! The Azul! <laughs> All right. Let's have some spirituality now. Welcome him on. Vic the Brick with a daily haiku. Hello, Vic. He's all in with Lance Lynn for game three. Fred Rogan. Well, you could look at it like that. We just don't want him to get long balled or lanced. That's it. From darkness to light. He's in for Rodney Pete. Jonas Knox. Orale, papi. Orale. 
Total serenity. Out of Sealy, Texas, NFL Hall of Famer, Mr. 2105, Eric Dickerson, E.D. What's up, Vic? How you doing today, my brother? Eric, your baseball knowledge is sensational. The way you have really translated and transitioned from the football world to the baseball world, your, your, your words of wisdom ring true. And I'll get to that in a moment. Thank you. I'm just trying to be like Fred. Uh, listen. <laughs> well, and, and, and also, you know, we didn't have football for like 20 years, so he got practice, you know, watching some of the Dodger games. He has total positive energy. Kevin Fig is Kevin yeah, Fig. That's right. Is he always positive energy? I think so. Sometimes. Hmm. I'm only negative. And his riffs. He's not listening. He never does. He doesn't care. Yeah. Now he stopped. His riffs bliss us out. Todos los dias. Todos los noches. Ronnie Facio. Oh, Mr. Telephone Man. King Flavor on the line, y'all. So, Vic, what do you have to say for yourself with the Dodgers? It was... uh, it's been a rough, rough couple games. There's no doubt. It's been the first inning some hardball hell. I believe that is been the key to these two games is the first inning. No. Yeah, the game was over. <laughs> well, well, not last night, but, uh, <laughs> but game one. You're down six. You know, as David Vassay predicted, the first inning was, is monumental, and it has been. Uh, three runs in the first off Bobby Miller, six off Kirsch in game one. Miller so shaky, four hits, two walks, and one 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 and two thirds. I mean, you you look historically, pitching wise in the playoffs, the first two games of the playoff series, Kirsch and Miller. The worst ERA ever in back-to-back starters in the playoff series. I think it was like 40.20. One word. Oi! But Eric Dickerson, very salient point. The Azul need to take a lead. They look tight. They look Mm -hmm. so tight at the plate. And they haven't haven't been tight at the plate all year. I mean, Betts and Freddie are one for 13. Okay. I mean, that's a serious funk. I mean, Freddie, an infield single in two games between the two, and that's it. I mean, Fred, you, you know, the Serpientes are, are dangerous. Like Lovolo said, you know, after the Milwaukee series, they're a dangerous team. They come in aggressive. They come in with a game plan that's, you know, and they're loose. They're having fun, and, they're, you know, they're, they're having fun, and they're executing their pitching has been sensational. They're playing with house money. Absolutely, Fred. Positive flavor. You know me. I, I look at things very positively. Freddie Freeman's okay. I mean, that crazy slide at first base, you know, for his infield single. I was holding my breath. I don't know about you guys. And he fouled the ball off his leg. Yep. And Freddie sucked it up, man. He is one tough dude, Freddie Freeman. 
Bazooka looked great. Yeah, he did. Gretarol was sensational. Uh, Brazier, you know, two and a third, you know, the one run. But again, you know, the Gurriel home run. You know, Arizona's getting really good swings, man. It looks like their swings, you know, as, as one of our play-by-play uh, participants said, swinging hard. They're swinging the bat very hard. Hey, Vic, and our swings don't look as look don't look as hard. Hey Vic, what do you make of what Fred said earlier? It's weird, isn't it? I mean, it's just weird. Hey, Fred, Vic, what do you make of what Fred said earlier in the show when he said that Mookie Betts would rather bowl a three hundred than win a World Series? I did not say that. You didn't say that, Fred. I could have sworn you said that. I did not say that. Pretty reckless, if you ask me. Well, it would be reckless if you said it. But you know, Mookie is. Uh, you know, as puzzled as everyone, he's had a horrific September, by the way. Um, you know, that uh, insane August. And then in September, he hit like 230. So he really hasn't recaptured the way of Mookie in, in, in like a month. This is like a continuation of a, of a horrific uh, uh, set of weeks for Mookie. He's going to find a way. It just takes, it just takes you know, one at bat, man. I don't think one he's puzzled. One at bat for Mookie to really, about? you know, trigger it. Vic? But there's... Vic? Did you hear what he said after the game? That's Mookie. Not, yeah, the problem ain't with me. It's everybody. It's the whole yes. team. Don't talk about Mookie. Talk about the Dodgers. Yeah. What you mean? I'm not puzzled. We're all Mookie puzzled. missing. Yeah. <laughs> Mookie is missing. We're all one for 13 <laughs> and hitting under 100 or whatever it is for the last three postseasons. That's all of us, not me. Missing they, Mookie. They called him, uh, they called him Milk Carton Mookie. Yeah. Is that what they're calling him? <laughs> <laughs> Milk Carton. Missing Mookie. Mookie is missing. Has anybody seen Mookie? I have, I have one sudden impact sequence, I like to call it, that I think turned the game around. It was a sixth inning. I don't know if you, you guys agree with me. It was, it was 4-1. Kiki, RBI single, you know, up the middle. Okay, so it's 4-2. And this what one out. Base is loaded. This is your time. And, you know, Dodger Stadium going nuts. This is our time. Outman, the K. Horrific at bat. Okay, listen, he's a rookie. It's going to happen. But then, you know, I, I'm a big Miggy Rojas fan. I don't know about you guys. Miggy Rowe, to me, has been outstanding this year, especially last month. He's been hitting. I think he hit 300 in September, I believe. He, he, so he's been, he's been on it. And, again, you know, Colton Wong you know, is a nice addition. You know, he's no Ahmad Rosario for me. But, you know, Colton, Colton Wong is a nice addition. But in that situation, I'm going with Mickey Rowe. And I hate second-guessing. But, it, you know, my gut said Mickey Rowe because he's been hitting. I go with performance. I go with who's hot. You know, I am not, uh, you know, a, a crazy uh, numbers guy. I'm a, I'm a gut guy. You know, Dave Roberts is a gut guy who also implements, uh, you know, numbers as well. You know, because it is a tool. You know, but in that, in that situation, bases loaded, two outs. Who should be up, Mickey Rowe or, or Colton Wong? And again, you know, Wong, weak ground ball to first base, and the inning's over. And that was it, 4-2, Dodgers, you know, that was it. Well, he, he hit left-hander against right-hander, Vic. Again, I don't buy into that whole lefty-righty stuff. Thank you, Vic. Thank you. Thank you. I don't buy I don't. that crap either. No. I, you know, and, and I know I'm going against the, you know, you know, the custom right now, you know, of Major League Baseball. 
you know, which is uh, all numbers, sabermetrics, and, you know, metrics, Michigas, and cockamamie metrics. And <laughs> so what's your issue with metrics? It's a tool. That's all it is. But in a situation, you know, the, the sudden impact sequence, I'm calling it, sixth inning, 4-2, bases loaded, two outs, Miggy's scheduled to be up, and you, again, it would have been beautiful if Wong, you know, doubled, but if that, that wasn't the way it went down, so you, you second guess, and I, I hate second guessing, but in this situation, I'm second guessing. But again, just takes one. Just takes one. And I, I'm very Wait. confident of Lance Lynn and Pepeo uh, tomorrow. Very hey, confident. Vic, let me ask- let me let me ask you this, Vic. Let's just say you're a pitcher. You're in, you're you're in the, you're in the say bottom of the fifth, and you are pitching lights out. We've seen this before. Lights out, and they come. And how you feel? I feel good. They say, "Well, we're gonna pull you out." And you and say you've you've got a no hitter going, but analytics says <laughs> that you should come out. <laughs> analytics says. Now the next guy comes up, he gets just ridden all over the field, and the next guy comes, they put him in, he gets ridden all. Over. Now what? It, what does that say about analytics? That's, that's, it's, to me, it's a guessing game, Fred. I just think it's it's a it's a wild guess, and sometimes it works exactly, out. Exactly, it, it is a guessing game. Yeah, it's, it's no about how you, it's the gut. In the in yeah. the moment, who will produce? All you can do is throw out the guys who've been producing. They win a they win a hundred games. They win the, the NL West by sixteen. Yeah, but it's you know they, they had the, the insane month of August. You know they cruised into September. Yeah, but the stuff is actually based on data. And data don't I, 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 all that don't mean nothing. Yeah, but that what stuff I'm don't mean nothing. You're supposed to melt them together. You're, you're <laughs> supposed to melt, right. to melt them together. Right. In other words, I have all of this information, which in theory, again, you don't want to jump. Once again, that, that theory. Let me, let, matter of fact, let me get out. Let me jump out this window and see. Yeah. I, I, I think I can fly, Fred. Really. But. It gives theory, us our best opportunity, and we look at what our best matchups are, and we want to put you in the best position to succeed, okay. Eric. All right. Says but, who? Fred, well, Fred, Fred, would you would you pull Vic in the middle of a haiku to put in David Vassay? No. No, to put, it, no, to put in Fred. <laughs> yeah. I, no, you're going to Vic. You're riding your horse, okay? So what, the question is, would we pull Vic, go out and get him, Right before the haiku to bring in David Vassay. Yeah, well, no, like Vic's in the middle of his haiku, and it's going well. Would you pull him and then bring in David Vassay and say, all I right, we're going to have – Yeah, come on. Well, I think it depends on the the haiku that David Vassay <laughs> wanted to deliver that day. <laughs> and if we thought it would be more uh, focused on the topic. You see, that's how you, you use data. You understand, Jonas? This is a new thing. When, when did this come about, when that, 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 that movie came out? What is it? Moneyball. Um, Moneyball. I mean, that, that's when this, 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 all this stuff came about. I mean, baseball was pure baseball before. I played baseball. I wouldn't, you know, I, I love baseball. It was just a little boring, you know, back in my day. Football was a sport, but you know, when a guy was pitching good, you didn't pull him. I mean, hey, if you can't hit a left, if you, you got to take your shot, you, you got to take a shot at him. Who's gonna say when you go up? Okay, well, chances says he's not gonna hit a home run. This, and then you go up and you do hit a home run. Well, damn. That wasn't supposed to happen. He hit the home run. Wow. I mean, it's, it's, it's just it's a chance. It's what it is. It's, it's, like, it's like shooting dice. You're not, you're not going to shoot seven all the time. It's just it's like rolling dice. It's, it's, it's a crap. 
Yeah, but isn't managing the club a crapshoot as well? No, not not necessarily because in, I see in certain ways you got to put your, your, your you got to put your best players on the field. Right. You got to put your best guys out there. You got to put your best guys in a position to win. Right. Now, a, a good manager like Dave Roberts, he knows what he sees. I mean, hey, I'm, I'm not gonna put Mookie Betts and let him pitch. I mean, he's not a pitcher. You know, you know. You, that, that, you know, you know what Robert should do. Like just as just as like one screw you to everybody that keeps questioning him, he should bench Freeman and Mookie Betts and just say, "Yeah, we're not playing our struggling guys. Just not playing." <laughs> see, see how that see how would that, land. See, see how that works. Yeah, see out. how that would go over with everybody there. Oh analytics. my gosh, they'd go crazy. Oh my god, come on, man. But oh, but hey, but check it out, check it out, Jones. But but if they won, they'd be like. Man, that was the greatest idea oh, ever. Oh, brilliant. Mean, that was brilliant. He's I mean, brilliant. How did, he, how did he see that? How did he see it? <laughs> yeah. So, I think it's a, it's a wild guess is what it is. Sorry, Vic. I didn't mean to cut you off. Now, AD, salient points. But I, I'm, I'm loving, you know, Lance Lynn and, and Pepe Ocombo and the bullpen, which was outrageously relentless. Are you really? Uh, last night, <laughs> I, love, I love the Dodgers in Game Three. This is this is a great really? shot. The rookie is starting for Arizona. This is a, a great shot to, to win Game Three. And just you know, one one game at a time. I've been thinking, you know, four or five. You think three. That's all you can do is put your thoughts on three. That's it. And uh, and have confidence that the bullpen was sensational. Just get out of that freaking first inning. That's all. And score first. It's, not it's a- very simple. The philosophy: score first in the first inning and and hold them. And you know, just get out in front. It, it's not play a, from ahead. That's it. It's a very simple thing. It's not impossible. Let's just say that. Not impossible at all, Fred. And you know what that leads us to, Vic? <laughs> <laughs> really? It really does. You want some high? You, you want some high crew? We we prefer to have it now, if possible. <laughs> I'll give you some high crew. Oh, give us the high crew. After that thing of yesterday that didn't work, what do you have today? Ah, oh, jeez. I, I wrote another haiku. Oh, God. And just for the it. Dodgers. Vic, yesterday yes, you I, wrote yes, it. Yes, Fred, I wrote work. another haiku for the Dodgers. But it didn't work yesterday. Maybe you should go back to the Masters or Brenda Gammon. They're not playing today, Fred. So what, Vic? That saucy haiku artist? Yeah, do her tomorrow. No. No. I'm okay, going no. from the soul, Fred. All right. From the soul. On this Tuesday, haiku for you. He's a soul man. October the 10th. Dodgers, let's get crazy in the cactus. Playoffs, vamos. Seven deep breaths. Si se puede. Vamos. I'm feeling you. Yours truly. Si se puede. Yes, I can. Okay, I don't think I hear Basho saying that. I don't think Basho spoke Spanish, Vic. Well, but Basho, Basho had had the enlightenment. He would have spoken Spanish, but that was, you know, Basho. He he was he was drunk on but, sake. Well, he was finding the way, Fred. He was, you know, traveling through Japan, you know, seeking the way, seeking the way of enlightenment. Hey, what, what happened and to that? Was, what happened to that woman, uh, Batgammon or whatever, who was a pervert? That's who I wanted today. Yeah, Fred. It's all about the Dodgers on the brink, the blue on the brink, and we're bringing positive energy. I'm not buying into any Panic Brothers. 
I'm not buying into the panic sisters. I'm not buying into the panic amigos and amigas. I am buying into positive energy right now because if, listen, any, any team can go down two zip. It happened to the Dodgers. But how many teams can win three in a row? That's the key. And tomorrow is the first step of the journey back. I feel like you. I mean, I'm convinced. Are you? Yeah. Well, listen. Uh, game three, nationally division series tomorrow. Dodgers look to stay alive against the Diamondbacks. Pre-game coverage, five. First pitch, 607. Listen every Dodger playoff game at HD on the free iHeartRadio app. Keyword AM570 LA Sports. Huffy Hot Dogs. The SoCal treasure for nearly 100 years. Available at your local Albertsons, Bonds, and Pavilions. Huffy, local, original, and great. When we come back, the president of the university takes one shot from half court. And because of it, a student is going to school free this year. All right, Jonas Knox in today for Rodney. Eric's here. Uh, I love this story. So the president of Pepperdine University, when the school had its midnight madness, went out there, and if it could sink a shot from half court, they would pay tuition for a student for a year. They pulled the student's name out of a hat, and uh, you're competing for whoever it was, and the president nailed it. The president is Jim Gash, and he jumps on with us now. President, thanks for being here. My pleasure. Thanks for the invite. Okay, after seeing that video, I just started laughing. Let, let's talk about what happened. So basketball practice kicked off, and what schools do is they have sort of a midnight madness. It gets the student body excited, the players come out, and it's really the official kickoff to college basketball. Uh, you showed up at that event, correct? Correct. Okay. So that's late. So you're up late. Now, is that is that good for your health to be up that late, President Gash? I think be, being with students is always good for my health. Okay. So it's around midnight. You're out there. They've introduced the players. And then somebody has this idea that you are going to shoot a shot from half court. And if you make the shot from half court, one of the students is going to get a scholarship, right? Is that how it worked? Yeah, so, so they drew names out of a hat, and the student got to take the first shot. And if he missed or she missed, then I get to take the second shot. It's kind of a second shot for a full, year's, uh, full year of tuition. And so it was kind of a surprise to the student that there was a second chance. After he missed, then I was called out there, and, uh, um, you know, I, I hit the bottom of the net. Wait a minute. Nobody knew that you were the second chance going in? Uh, well, the students certainly didn't. Uh, since I've been president, I've been doing this each year. And so um, last year, my shoulder was giving me trouble, so I didn't do it. But the year before, I had done it. And we didn't do it in COVID in 20, but we did it in 19. So this is a third shot at trying to get a student a full year of tuition. Okay. And now, did you play college basketball? I did not. I played college football. All right. So, uh, and do you practice the shot each year before you go out and take it? So, so this year I hadn't shot for over a year because of my shoulder problem. So uh, a couple hours beforehand, I went out there and did a layup and then a free throw and then a couple three-pointers and then went back there and shot, you know, maybe 20 or so just to see can I get it that far without looking like a moron in front of all my students. <laughs> and when you were practicing, uh, concerned about looking like a moron, uh, did you hit many of them in practice? I didn't hit any of them. I hit the rim uh, probably four or five times, so I knew that you know it was it was a there was a realistic chance that it was going to happen, but uh, I wouldn't have bet on it. Put it that way. Okay. 
So the student misses the shot. Then the announcement is made. There's a second chance. And the person that will exercise yep. the second chance is President Gash. What did the crowd do when that was announced? Let's just say there was a lot of, uh, of excitement and anticipation, a lot of yelling, clapping. You know, it was, okay, we'll just see if the president can, can make a fool out of himself or maybe, maybe make somebody about 60 grand. And so, you know, and then when I went out there, you do what you do. You kind of try to incite the crowd, get them behind you, and the adrenaline was going. I'll tell you, the adrenaline was going. So I wasn't sure. I, I wasn't concerned about throwing it far enough. The question was whether it was going to go too far, but uh, fortunately, uh, it went just the right distance. Oh, yeah, you, you drained it. You drained it. Yeah. And then the, you know, I didn't even need a backboard. No, you didn't call bank. You drained that I didn't thing. call bank. And then, yeah. so you hit it. And it looked like Pepperdine had just won the NCAA basketball championship. Players started running around. People ran on the court. And as I watched the video, I, I, I felt fortunate that you survived after hitting the shot. I mean, they were mobbing you. Yeah, well, and they were rubbing my head, which was a new one for me. So I don't know if it's trying to get good luck for the season, but that was a it was kind of a strange feeling to be in the middle of a, a mob of yelling, jumping uh, players and having my head, um, having the hair forcibly removed from my head through the friction. <laughs> it was, it was a surreal moment and I'm glad it was captured on video because I wouldn't be able to describe it quite the way it was without uh, somebody being able to see it. And president Gash. All right. Now looking back, you hit it, you start running around, everybody starts running around in that moment. Did you even really know, besides the ball went in, what was happening? Um, well, you know, as, as a college football player, you've, you've been in moments where your team celebrates together. So I wouldn't say that it was, it was an unfamiliar time uh, of celebration with your teammates. And it felt like they were my teammates. But looking back on the video, uh, there was a whole lot more that was happening than I felt like in the moment. So, yeah, there was a little bit of that. But. You, you get used to hopefully doing things well and celebrating with the people that you care about. All right. Now, let me ask you honestly. So you get up the next morning. Were you sore at all? Did your arm hurt? How was your shoulder? Did you pull a muscle? Well, I wasn't ever going to admit this, but since you asked me directly, uh, yeah, I've got some, some rib cage issues on my left side from, uh, I don't know if it was from the shot or from the celebration, but a little bit of soreness, but I will tell you it's worth every little bit of it uh, just to have the opportunity to, you know, have my cool factor with the student body go up for at least a little while. We'll see how long it lasts. Okay, so now here's an idea. Here's an idea. Yeah. Why don't you do this for every sport? For diving, why don't you try to do, uh, you know, like a triple flip? For, you know, every sport you have. For water polo, you know, why don't you go out there and try to stop 10 shots? Why don't you try every sport and each time somebody gets a year's tuition if you do it? Well, I think that's worth thinking about. I will tell you a couple of years ago when our men's water polo team won the conference championship, I got in the pool with them, um, you know, just jumping <laughs> to celebrate. But uh, I don't know that I could tread water long enough to be able to block a shot. Um, unless it was, you know, on my head as I was just trying to keep above water. But, yeah, I mean, I, I go to all of our sporting events when I'm in town, and I even travel with the team. We won the national championship in golf a couple of years ago, beat Oklahoma in the national championship after beating, you know, Texas and Oklahoma State. And uh, there was a lot of celebration, uh, celebration going on there. But, 
I don't think anybody wants me to hit the first golf shot or something or to try and do something. I, I'm, I'm not particularly skilled at golf, but who knows? Maybe, maybe you're onto something, some sort of contest with every sport. Uh, President, how important, because you know, people that listen to the show know that my son played college basketball and my other kids both played in high school and were very competitive. Uh, mm-hmm. How important are athletics to collegiate sports today? or to, to the college world today? Yeah, I mean, it's critically important. It, it's, a, it's a sense of pride for the school. It's a, a, uh, an opportunity to gather in community and, and root together as, as uh, people who have something in common. I mean, as a former college athlete, it's, it's uh, critically important for the development of it in terms of leadership and in terms of uh, being on a team. Um, it's, it's one of those things that I can't conceive of a, of a university not having and not focusing on because it, it's a, it's kind of a microcosm of life. It, you're on a team, you've got a goal, you're working together. You have to learn how to lead, learn how to follow and uh, learn how to lose. Cause you know, that's the biggest part of life is being able to rebound from, from challenges. Resilience is a critical part of, of college education. And, and there's no better teacher of that than athletics in my view. Uh, Jim Gash is the president of Pepperdine. He's on the show. A final question, maybe a little bit of a curveball, but I've got you, so I'm going to ask you. NIL. We know what NIL means for USC and UCLA, Pac-12, soon to be Big Ten. We know what it means for major Division I programs. You're a Division I program, but certainly not the Pac-12. What does it mean for a school like Pepperdine? Well, there, there won't be a Pac-12, and a big part of it has to do with the money that's involved in college sports and, and not just the conference money that, that caused the demise of the Pac-12, but individual students getting just massive amounts of money that would have landed people in jail just years ago is now influencing the sport. So it's created major challenges with transfer because uh, you, know, you play one year, and now you're, you're available to the highest bidder. Coming out of high school – available to the highest bidder. And so what it has done is it has moved the competitive um, marketing or recruitment to the schools with the largest amount of money, which, of course, is the uh, the Power Five schools. Right. So it's changing the competitive balance in a negative way, I think, that harms the sport. Now, as a practical matter, you know, the Supreme Court ruled that's an antitrust violation to to not allow this sort of thing. So there's no room for like we we can't un unring the bell or put the genie back in the bottle, but it, it is really causing a major imbalance in um, in the ability to compete for the smaller schools. We're doing a little of it. Um, when I say we, you know, schools can't do it, but we have uh, donors and and boosters who are getting involved. So we've set up a Pepperdine Exchange to allow for that, but it, it hasn't been a positive influence on ultim- on the sport itself. Well, you were very positive on the basketball program. Congratulations on draining that half-court shot. And uh, congratulations to the student that goes to Pepperdine, $60,000 debt-free for one year. That's really cool, President. Yeah, well, my pleasure. Thanks for uh, for having me on the show. All right, there he goes, the president of Pepperdine. (laughs) Pulling up the half-court and draining it. Impressive. All right. Uh, Roddy, Kevin, thank you. ED, always a pleasure. Thanks for hanging. Always good, guys. All right. You have a good week. And, uh, you too. What, what, Jonas? Just, I mean, shout out to Kevin and Roddy there, you know. Way to, <laughs> way to, way to clean that up. <laughs> All right.
We'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>